What's up? Welcome to the Gathering Strength Podcast. The podcast that shines a light on extraordinary stories of resilience and triumph over adversity. I'm your host, it's me, your boy, Ruby Room. And today, we're going to embark on a deeply inspiring journey as we dive into the remarkable story of J.C. Dugard. If you don't know who J.C. Dugard is, well, you're going to learn today. So bust out that writing utensil, whether it's a marker, a pen, a crayon, dust off that Lisa Frank stationary pad, because you're going to learn today. In today's episode, we're going to uncover the harrowing tale of abduction, captivity, and ultimately, the indomitable spirit that allowed JC to reclaim her life and become a beacon of hope for countless others. Her story is a testament to the strength of the human spirit. Because after all, that's the whole intention of creating this podcast. Your boy Ruby Rube wants you to have that buff body, that buff mind, that buff bank, and that buff spirit. And there's a bunch of ways to go about accumulating that for yourself. So let's dig in. Join me as we navigate through the dark chapters of JC's stolen life. We're going to explore the depths of her resilience and the unwavering hope that sustained her during her 18 years of, of captivity. So I just finished listening to her book, A Stolen Life. And I had to dig a little bit deeper on her. I first recalled learning of her story, her her unbelievable story. It was all over the news. And I couldn't believe it because at the time I was living in the city that she was found in. She was discovered living uh, held captive after 18 years in Antioch, California. So we're going to learn a little bit more about her and her story and her book because man it is it is unbelievable so we're gonna go through some excerpts and listen to the words of jc herself and we're gonna discover the power of healing the importance of prevention and the unbreakable bond of a family we will explore how jc's story has inspired a movement for change and shed light on the urgent need to protect our most vulnerable. So get ready to be inspired, moved, and motivated as we gather strength from J.C. Dugard's extraordinary journey. Her resilience, courage, and determination will leave an indelible mark on your heart and remind us, remind us all of that no matter the darkness we face, there is always the potential to find light and reclaim our lives. So yeah, man, life is tough. It is important to learn of people like this and their stories because, yeah, you know, um, we are going to have some things that are horrible or unfortunate that happen to us. We're not going to have any power over all of these situations and circumstances. And if we just fall into our vices and fall into addiction because our turtle died or our dog ran away or our wife, brother, sister, husband, left us, abandoned. If we can't find hope and strength and resilience, 
then we are going to be left in the gutter of life. So learning about, you know, not only J.C. Dugard's story, but anyone's story who has overcome unbelievable situation and circumstances such as Booker T. Washington or Frederick Douglass or Eric Jacou or, you know, an Auschwitz survivor. All of these people, you know, they had choices. They could have given up, killed themselves, jumped off a bridge, remained nihilistic and pessimistic and just bitter, resentful, hateful. That was one option. Or they can turn it all around. So learning about her story is going to serve several crucial purposes. Firstly, it's going to raise awareness about the reality of kidnapping, captivity, and long-term abuse. Um, In the book that J.C. Dugard wrote, A Stolen Life, she was kidnapped when she was 11 years old from Tahoe. And man, you know what? I'm going to refrain from talking about all of the graphic details that she shared in her book because man you can only imagine but she was talking about the first few months uh how she was just kept in complete isolation essentially just a sex slave for her captor i think his name was a philip philip dugard or not philip dugard you know what was his damn name hold on My bad, y'all. His name was Philip Garrido. You know, check this out. He was even married. Philip and Nancy Garrido. So, them, those two abducted her from Tahoe and then kept her captive in their house for 18 years. So, while we can use one singular word to describe these people, which is just evil, period, Now, I'm interested in the psychological aspect that even persuades people to do that. It's like, all right, you committed a crime one time, and then just every single day for 18 years, just kept, I don't know, I guess when you're too far gone and you're committed, I don't know, I'm not going to speculate on this stuff, but... Yeah, that guy is in prison. Him and his wife, um, he got like 430 years and his wife got several life sentences as well. But anyways, onward from that, we're going to focus on the resilience of the human spirit, the indomitable human spirit. Before we get there, J.C. Dugard, her story is going to underscore the critical importance of prevention and intervention by examining the circumstances surrounding her abduction, such as the failures of the justice system and missed opportunities for her rescue, we can identify and address systematic shortcomings. This knowledge enables us to improve protocols, policies, and law enforcement practices to prevent similar tragedies from occurring in the future. So check this out. J.C. Dugard's kidnapper, um, he was a, he was on parole because he had raped a woman like 11 years prior to kidnapping J.C. So he was on parole for a very long time. And there was many times that the parole officer would go over to 
where JC was being held captive and he just completely overlooked her for 18 years. She's, you know, uh, that Philip guy, he even got so brazen that he brought JC and the two kids that he had with her to the, the parole office. So, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself because we need to get to how these two kids came to be. Well, this book was, I don't know, maybe seven or eight hours long. You know, I'm not going to be able to get into it because after all, her experience was 18 years. And, you know, she had to encapsulate that and distill it down to eight hours for her audiobook. Man, so this is just a attempt to lay a little seed one into if you're if you can brave it go out and buy her book because she is a part of some foundations now that can uh, help people that have been in her situation so she is a part of that so she's turning her mess into a message and her test into a testimony and she is rather than being a victim she is living out the hero archetype So, uh, furthermore, J.C. Dugard's story serves as a powerful testament to the indomitable human spirit, despite enduring unimaginable suffering. Let me say that again. Despite enduring unimaginable suffering, she managed to survive, persevere, and rebuild her life. Let me read that part again. She managed to survive, persevere, and rebuild her life. And the introduction to her book, like I said, she doesn't pull any punches. She gets detailed into the abuse that she was subjected to. And oh man, that book had me pissed off. Ugh. That's how it made me feel. Now, I don't know why evil like this exists in the world, but, you know, there is a, there's a sentiment, uh, yin and yang, light and dark, wherever there is good, the opposite of that evil does exist. For example, when I am walking my little angelic daughter, she's four years old, and when she has our little puppy on a leash and they're walking in a green field with flowers. Hey, that's a slice of heaven. Now, what's the opposite of that? Because that exists too. And that is another another perspective shift that you can receive for yourself when you do learn of stories like this because it makes the little things in your life that you would have taken for granted it brings that to the forefront of your mind that you are not um, you are not engulfed in catastrophe in hell essentially because man that is the proper adjective to describe the 18 years that JC Dugard endured you know before we get any further into this let's identify what a indomitable spirit is. 
The indomitable spirit of humans refers to their remarkable ability to persevere, overcome challenges, and triumph in the face of adversity. It is a testament to the strength, resilience, and determination inherent in the human condition. So, hey, you have an indomitable spirit. And the more that you exercise overcoming and standing up to the adversities that you have in your life, that indomitable spirit grows within you. And man, when you have that, there's nothing that you can't face. We don't need these vices when we have an indomitable spirit. We don't need distraction when we have an indomitable spirit. We don't need anything other than persevering and pushing through. And then coming through better, stronger, and more resilient on the other side. Throughout history, humans have demonstrated their indomitable spirit in various ways. In the face of natural disasters, they have rebuilt communities and restored hope. In times of war and conflict, they have displayed immense courage and sacrifice to protect their loved ones and fight for justice. In the midst of personal struggles, they have found the strength to endure and rise above circumstances that could easily break their spirit. Let me read that part again. So our ancestors, the ones who have fought in the wars, the one who have survived famine, the one who were was refugees leaving a tyrannical government or a, a oppressive, oppressive relationship, they delivered themselves from all that and we inherit at birth a indomitable spirit but hey we we just need to wake up and realize that we have that within us so the bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper now these weapons don't need to be a literal weapon like a gun or a sword or a bazooka it could be the the weapon formed against J.C. Dugard, such as being kidnapped, being isolated, being raped, being abused, being brainwashed. All of those are weapons that are formed against the human's indomitable spirit. But it takes some awakening to know that, hey, if you are ever in a crappy situation, you can endure it. Endure it. And this is, you know, one of the reasons why your boy Ruby Rube has created a podcast called Gathering Strength. Because the more strength you have in all of these realms, the buff body, mind, spirit, and bank, the more you, you can take on. It doesn't matter how hot those those flames are. You're gonna be alright. More about the indomitable spirit. The indomitable spirit is rooted in the human capacity for hope, resilience, and the belief in a better future. It is fueled by a deep sense of purpose, inner strength, and the unwavering belief that challenges can be overcome. It is through the spirit that individuals find the motivation to keep going, to learn from setbacks, and to transform adversity into opportunities for growth. That's a big one right there. The ability to transform adversity into opportunities for growth. Now, there was a sentiment that I discovered for myself 
whenever I'm training for a marathon or an Ironman, you have to be able to use it all as fuel. All of the good things that have happened in your life, all of the bad things, all of the slights, all of the anger, all of the frustration, all of the moments of bliss and paradise, you use that all to propel yourself forward. Now, while it's easy to get out there and do hard things when things are going good and everything is in order, unfortunately, that's not how life works. A lot of the time, things are going to be chaotic. Things are going to be uncertain. Things are not going to be guaranteed. You need to persevere then just as well as if it was 72 degrees and sunny outside. Oh yeah, there's a storm coming. The best time to prepare for that storm are when the seas calm and winds favorable. Now, what is the opposite of an indomitable spirit? Because it's going to be beneficial to know that too. Now, the opposite of an indomitable spirit would be a defeated or broken spirit. You know what? There's a lot of people out there and you can just tell when someone is defeated. You can, you see it. You can see it coming a mile away. It represents a lack of resilience, a lack of determination, and the ability, and the lack of ability to overcome challenges. Oh yeah, those people are out there. You know what? Essentially, we are surrounded by a lot of people who are defeated and broken spirited. A defeated spirit may be characterized by a sense of hopelessness, giving up easily, and being unable to find strength or motivation to persevere in the face of adversity. It is a state where the individual feels overwhelmed and powerless, lacking the belief in their ability to overcome obstacles. Come on, y'all. Hey, if, you, if that resonated with you on any facet, then, hey, you, you either have been there and have delivered yourself from that or you can still be characterized as a person who is defeated and broken and if that's you hey don't worry about it you have tuned into the right podcast gathering strength because your boy ruby rube teaches you all sorts of way to accumulate and gather strength from Simply learning a new vocabulary word that can potentially unlock a new realm or give you an adjective that can describe an internal feeling or emotion in which can help you to convey what you want and get what you need from vocabulary to, hey, learning about people such as J.C. Dugard, Booker T. Washington, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, sheesh. There's all these types of strengths. It's not just about being able to lift heavy weights, run super far. There's so much more to being strong. Now here's some excerpts from the book, A Stolen Life by J.C. Dugard. So some people might say, hey, why, why write a book, J.C.? Why don't you just keep it to yourself? You know, nobody wants to hear about that, but hey, J.C. Dugard, she has her message, and these are some excerpts from her book. 
I write in hope that what happened to me will never happen to another soul. Now, the way she is helping to bring that goal into fruition is that she is an advocate for uh, people who have been kidnapped. She has foundations for reuniting families with uh, lost individuals. So she's out there doing a bunch of things. Another excerpt is, I longed for a childhood that would allow me to run and laugh and play without fear, but my world was twisted and deranged. Essentially, man, so she was kidnapped when she was 11 years old, and she spent 18 years with crazy people. You wouldn't believe some of the stories that she told in there that really describe the lunacy that she was just subjected to. Ultimately, she ended up brainwashed and all of her needs, all of her everything was dependent on two crazy people. You know, let's start back at the beginning because, sheesh, I'm going to implore you to go ahead and Google J.C. Dugard and... She currently has the record, and this is not a record that you want to try to go out and break for yourself, but she has the record for the person who has been kidnapped the longest. So you do not want to go out and try to earn that record for yourself. Unfortunately, JC Dugard, she is she she's the goat when it comes to people being kidnapped. Anyways, J.C. Dugard, here are some facts about J.C. Dugard. She was abducted on June 10th in 1991 in South Lake Tahoe, California at the age of 11. She was walking to the bus stop when she was forcibly taken by Philip Garrido and his wife, Nancy Garrido. Now, she talks about that in her book. She was just, you know, daydreaming, doing a little 11-year-old girl stuff, beautiful day in Tahoe, and the car pulled up to her. Some guy asked her a question, and then she just got stun-gunned. And she goes in, into details about all that, too. Which I will spare the Gathering Strength listeners. Um, fact number two. J.C. was held captive for 18 years in a concealed backyard compound in Antioch, California. The Garritos kept her hidden from the outside world, living in tents and sheds behind their residence. So check this out. Um, there was ample opportunity for her to escape. But man, they brainwashed her. You know, I'm, I am getting ahead of myself. Let's go on to, to fact number three. During her captivity, JC was subjected to physical, sexual, and emotional abuse by Philip Garrido. She endured multiple pregnancies, giving birth to two daughters while in captivity. Uh, she was pregnant at the age of 14 and at 17. So initially, uh, Philip Garrido, her captor, threatened JC and said that if she tried to escape, that there was there was guard dogs on his compound. And, you know, she was 11 years old, man. So, you know, once again, put yourself in that mindset. A little innocent 11-year-old girl. And just from day one abused horribly horrifically and then he ended up getting her pregnant and then she had a baby and now she writes about that too in her book 
And now she had a bond with the baby. And now she had a bond with him. Things are getting weird, right? So the fact that she she knew she was kidnapped, of course, she was 11 years old. And she knew she had a family that was missing her. But she didn't want to leave her baby. She figured that she was responsible for the baby. And it was her responsibility. And he, she didn't know what Philip, the baby daddy, was going to ultimately do with the baby if she escaped. Ah, man, so complex, right? Meanwhile, they're just going to work and leaving her tied up. You know, in the house, uh, clocking in and clocking out. And they're, man, they're living in Antioch, California. And some of the references, some of the jobs and streets and fairs and things and the people and places that they would go to. It's like, man, I, I recognize these people. Sheesh. So uh, JC and her daughters were forced to live under new identity, identities and were not allowed contact with the family or the outside world. They were isolated from society and JC had limited access to education or medical care. So once again, you know, that brainwashing, hey, that is powerful. Uh, especially coming from a grown man who, you know, knows how to psychologically manipulate other people. For, for one, he was able to psychologi- psychologically manipulate his wife. Because, yeah, man, he was married. So he somehow got her to agree to kidnapping and all of the tormenting. And what a weird story. Um, oh, yeah. So Jay, uh, he brainwashed her into getting JC to believe that people in the outside world were evil they were out to get her. They were going to harm her. They were going to separate him from her and her from the babies. And she believed it. So she didn't talk to anyone. They eventually started men just like being like a family. Some weird family. Uh, despite numerous missed opportunities for rescue, JC and her daughters remained undetected by law enforcement during her captivity. It was only on in August 2009 that the situation was finally uncovered. Like I had already teased earlier that Philip Garrido, he was on parole and multiple, multiple times parole agents, authorities came into his house and they even saw the kids there. And I'm not sure if he was supposed to have kids or whatever, but they just any bad eye at it. Ay, ay, ay. So once again, this is something that has changed. This is the little, one of these silver linings that J.C. Dugard's situation was able to uh, bear some fruit. That the, the people on parole for these crimes, they are heavily scrutinized even more so. Uh, in 2011, Philip and Nancy Garrido pleaded guilty to multiple charges, including kidnapping, rape, and false imprisonment. Philip was sentenced to 431 years to, to life in prison, and Nancy received 36 years to life. Since her re- rescue, J. 
J.C. Dugard has become an advocate for victims of abduction and sexual abuse. She wrote a memoir titled A Stolen Life, where she shared her experiences and journey of healing. She established the JAYC Foundation, which focuses on supporting families affected by abduction and traumatic experiences. So she is turning her mess into a message, her trials into triumphs. And hey, you can do the same thing too. First, you just have to overcome it, thoroughly overcome it, and become a better, stronger, more resilient person for having gone through it. And then you can help other people because you can't help other people if you are still damaged. You still got work to do. I still have work to do. But some of the things that I have been able to solve, like, hey, here's the solution. I was doing it to myself. So there is a little proverb that I heard. I don't know where I heard it from, but growth, that is a choice. Here are some tips and tricks to get over traumatic experiences, such as, you know, this is what J.C. Dugard, you know, some of the things that she has given credit to her her overall health in helping her tremendously. One, she was able to seek professional help. It is cru- crucial to reach out to trained mental health professionals who specialize in trauma, trauma therapy. They can provide guidance, support, and evidence-based treatments such as cognitive behavioral therapy or eye movement. Uh, eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing to help process and heal from trauma. Tip number two is practice self-care. Engage in activities that promote self-care and self-compassion. This can include regular exercise, mindfulness, or meditation practices. Maintaining a healthy lifestyle, engaging in creative outlets, and connecting with supportive relationships. Taking care of your physical, emotional, and mental well-being is essential for the healing process. There was a book that I just finished listening to, and I, you know, I just made a podcast about it. It was called Why We Sleep, and you can find that in my podcast catalog. One of the reasons why we sleep is, you know, there's an, uh, an old proverb, time heals everything. And within that time, you know, there's many sleeps that happen within that time. And one of the ways that sleeping, getting adequate rest helps us is that while the memory doesn't completely fade, what sleeping does is that it removes the emotional connection or at least minimizes it to where you know hey you can you can face it now you know think about something traumatic that happened in your life whether you were really angry sad or just whatever whatever trauma happened in your past think about how hysterical you were when that was happening now you remember the, the details of how it happened, the who, white, what, wins and wheres. While you remember all that stuff, the emotional lunacy or franticness or the uncontrollable emotions that you were feeling, sleeping helps you get rid of that. 
Now there's studies in that book, Why We Sleep, the people with post-traumatic stress disorder, the ones who wake up in nightmares or the ones who were over in a war-torn, for example, Iraq, and they were bombarded with bombs and explosions. When they come back and they hear like a loud, um, a loud bang or a car backfiring or something dropping and that startles them. Well, that memory and the emotion, something is wrong in their brain to where, hey, the time that has, that was supposed to heal all things in their brain, there's just some miswiring happening, happening. but you can overcome that too with, you know, professional help. So if you are, you know, experiencing stuff like that and you can't get it over, uh, get over it by yourself, reach out for help. Go ahead and Google some hotlines because there's no reason to re- to remain dim and dumb and broken with the world's information in our hands. Go ahead and Google Google something. And here's a last tip right here. There, you know, there's so many other things that that you can do, but hey, Ruby Rube's top three tips to overcome trauma. Tip number three: build a support network. Surround yourself with a strong support network of understanding and empathetic individuals. Seek support from friends, family, support groups, and therapy groups where you can share experiences, receive validation, and gain insights from others who have gone through similar traumas. Connecting with others who have walked a similar path can provide a sense of belonging, validation, and encouragement on the journey of healing. Now, one of the things that has helped me is that hey yeah you know you can go online and look at all these people who have overcome the same obstacles that is currently leaving you perplexed and puzzled and confused and frustrated as as much as we feel that our problems are exclusive to only us there are millions of people out there who have been there and who have overcome. So hey, go online, figure something out for yourself. Remember that healing from trauma is a complex and individual process. It takes time, patience, and self-compassion. These tips serve as starting points and professional guidance should be sought for personalized strategies tailored to your specific needs. So one of the things, and another thing that has helped me is prayer and push-ups. You know, prayer, that is me creating a relationship with God and being humble that, hey, I need help. You know, praying for the strength, praying for the guidance, praying for acceptance and praying for, you know, a path to be illuminated so that I can move in a way that is going to promote strength. And then after I'm done praying, I get down and do some push-ups. Never underestimate. Never, never underestimate the small little things that add up to big results when diligently done over time. That'll do it for this podcast. If you made it to the end, thank you so much. If you like what you heard, go ahead and give me a like, a subscribe, and follow. Share it with a a buddy, a pal, a friend, a prison inmate, whoever. And until next time, it's onward 
always onward.